We fit the fittest minds with a chip inside Like a link and digitized that Which prior to this was higher than science could ever devise This is a neural interface We're gonna stick it in your face Till it in your brain and interlace There's an arms war on and we're gonna win the race Leave everything a race, bring the base Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program tonight, Damien, a grinder and partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a system admin who lives open source solutions, and Cursor, a software dev with masters specializing in RF technology. Up first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. And if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at DangerousMinds.io and or email us at info at DangerousMinds.io and we'd be glad to talk to you about it. So today we have a special bulletin. Uh, a previous guest on Dangerous Minds, Rich Lee, is currently going through a bit of a rough patch um, and he's fighting for his kids. Uh, as a community, we need to stand up for him and uh, say we, we want to kind of help you a lot of people have been fighting for this cause and it's great i think donations currently are at 7490 of the 10.8k goal so it's great if we can come together as a community and do that um rich has done a lot for advancing the grinding and biohacking community um, and we just need to say hey man we've got your support as well uh, so i'm going to say the url it's gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad and that's gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad so this week on Dangerous Minds podcast, we've got Dr. Patrick Kramer, a CEO and founder of DigiWell Upgrade Yourself, a member of German Cyborg Clubs. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, you're more than welcome. Thank you for coming on. Um, do you mind telling us a bit about your biohacking and grinding transhumanism, sort of add what it means to you as well? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so I'm not only it's not only a hobby for me, it's also like my profession. So basically, I'm a professional biohacker, if you want to call it like this. So I'm, I'm part of uh, living of that, um, which makes us, of course, even more important and more interesting. Um, I distinguish a little bit between biohacking and body hacking. Um, so today, you know, let's focus here on um, body hacking, upgrading the body. Um, which I've been doing for, I think, like two years I'm dealing with uh, my implants here. And, um, yeah, and it's, a, it's an interesting roller coaster ride, basically, I must say. Um, I have hardly any product in my life that um, was so, yeah, it has so many pros and cons that, um, and it's so interesting. And um, I think we would not talk about it tonight if, that would not have been the case. So I actually, I can recommend everybody here to get one to experience yourself what it is to be like or be like having an implant. Can you tell us uh, about the origin and the mission behind Did You Will Upgrade Yourself? Of course, it all started in 2013 um, where I thought it would be cool to sell some fitness trackers and smartwatches. And I basically started beside my normal job as a business consultant for one of the biggest consultant companies in the world. Um, basically, out of my basement, I set up a web shop and um, because I was so fa um, fascinated with quantified self and all that, and I started to track and generate big data about me. 
at the time then when I um, finished actually and, and got online, of course it was a time then um, when Amazon and the other guys were also suddenly picking up on the topic of uh, wearables. And um, I, I quickly realized that, um, or my motto then suddenly became, who says that variable can only be one on the skin and not why not under the skin? So I then started uh, beginning of 2015 basically to get really into implants, to get along with AML from um, dangerous things and we met and um, basically we set up um, and confirmed our business partnership. And from that early 2015 onwards, I basically started them as an exclusive partner for um, dangerous things in Europe to, um, to sell on market um, implants and the accessories around it. And um, so based on that, the, um, the webshop grew and grew and, um, and we went together, Amal and I, we went together in March 2015 to one of the largest IT fairs in the world. It's called the CIBIT. Um, I think it's twice the size of CES in Las Vegas. And um, we were just blown away what happened then. And from that day onwards, I decided to, um, yeah, to take this on as a professional and um, basically to move forward and to um, live on that and build a business on that. And now the, the platform digiwell.com is basically a biohacking platform. Upgrade yourself is the motto. And, um, and we are looking into into fitness, into sleep, into nutrition, also into mind and body. And when it comes to body, then we are looking on the questions on how you can upgrade basically your body and um, implants are the first choice there. So this is like very quickly the background and um, yeah, and a, and a hell of a ride since then. <laughs> uh, I think when we speak a lot, we speak, we tend to speak about things that are happening over in the, the US. So I know myself and Damien are definitely glad to have you as almost like the ambassador of the Europe side of things. Um, in terms of Europe, what, what's the cyborg community like? Sort of what recent happenings are there? And are there any issues that come up over here that you, you maybe wouldn't find over there? Um, I, I'm not really that familiar with the cyborg um, how do you call it, situation in the United States. Um, yes, of course, I'm very closely with Amal. We're, we're talking a lot, and um, but I'm more really focused on Europe. And in Europe, um, I've been traveling through the whole continent from, uh, yeah, from UK, Netherlands, uh, Portugal, Romania, Italy, well, Ukraine um, and even Moscow, I've been um, flying all over the place, been booked. And um, that's really, really interesting because there's a clear um, tendency or there's a, a clear pro progression. So northern countries are more open to that. The more you get to the south, the more, uh, you know, religious the countries are. I, I believe that the more difficult it gets to open the minds for um, upgrading with implants. And um, so when you go to Scandinavia, you can definitely see the clear and progressing um, way forward. And um, Germany is catching on, UK of course, Netherlands is catching on. 
But now we also see like France, Italy, um, and other countries like these are slowly opening up. And um, I'm having more and more partnerships there also with Austria and some of in, in Switzerland. So um, it's, it's happening and um, it's, it's slowly growing. Um, and that's really what makes it so interesting to meet all these people, to talk about that topic, to introduce it basically also. And what I like to do on stage is, I mean, I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation on that. Yeah, that's fine. But I always say, you know, talking about it is one thing, but actually seeing it is a completely different thing. So when I'm on stage, I'm then asking, so who's, who's interested in getting one? And uh, usually then beforehand, we have agreed that someone is coming then on stage and I already know the medical conditions of that person. So I would never um, upgrade or implant anything in someone I don't know before, I haven't um, talked before and who hasn't signed any legal papers to me before. But then for the audience, it looks like there's someone coming up on stage. Yeah, and then I'm doing a live um, implantation and that's like for people usually go there to something unheard of. And um, what the funny thing is when I'm on fairs and trade shows, I always have the smallest table there with some roll-ups. And, um, but when I start to turn to, uh, um, take on my, my latex gloves and my mouth protection and all this and getting the needles out, then you have like 50, 60 people in front of the booth um, gathering there. Um, and that's like really interesting. Um, so it, it just drives a lot of attention. So after all that, it definitely makes me want to know a little bit more about your traveling. If, you have a favorite hacker space, biohacker space in the EU, and if you could tell us the name of it and a little bit more about it. I, I don't know. I, don't, I have been to them in, in Odessa in the Ukraine, but I've never been to like a really hacker space. No, it's not a term I really know here in Germany. It was mind blowing. I mean, we, we, we all know from the news is, um, at least Ukraine and you have a picture in your head about countries like Ukraine and we know that there's some sort of war with with Russia at the eastern border and then I was invited to fly there been never been there before it was one of the most wonderful um, events I've ever been to it was the Black Sea Summit and people there were so nice so friendly so full of warmth and hospitality and, um, and it was a complete modern um, buildings with hackerspace. And I was even there on TV and, and it was really a good time. And they were very open-minded. So um, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's something I did not expect. So you say you, say you do quite a lot of different talks. Um, are any of these available to see from the public or have you got any dates coming up that people could have a look at or any uh, talks that you can think about? Yeah, usually I'm invited from a private organization um, or, or companies, um, but also there's a TED talk. I've been on a TED talk lately, which is published 2016 um, in December, end of December, they said. So I, I don't know when they're going to publish it, but that's coming up and I'll be my next stages is Amsterdam on the 14th. And then uh, we have a couple of more coming up next year and also London on the 2021st and of course the biggest one that's coming up again and I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit is uh, CBIT next year. So um, 
you and I have discussed this before, but um, no one else was there, and it'd be good to have it mentioned with, uh, so people can understand the difficulties. So having implants that are labelled as dangerousthings.com is different to having them labelled as Digiwell. Um, there is a reason for this, and there are struggles of you uh, to get these imported. So I think it'd be good to hear the reasons uh, from yourself, having the first-hand experience, having gone through what you had to go through to get Digiwell to be able to sell implants. Do you mind going on that story a bit for us? No, actually, I think it's 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 actually important, and it shows the legal situation a little bit in the EU. So basically, when, when you import as a business, you import stuff, of course, you have to get it through customs, your, your devices, whatever you buy. And can you imagine, I mean, when, when I buy implants, I'm not buying two or three, um, but I buy then 200, 300. And then there's a big box coming over. Um, it's it's uh, stopped at customs in Germany. And they open that box and it's full of needles, which says dangerous things. And so, you know, they translate that into, uh, into, into German, which means it's, there's dangerous stuff in it. And they see all these needles. Um, so is it like drugs? No, because of the syringes, no drugs. But is it electronics? Not really, because um, it's not emitting, it's not sending anything. So it's not an active sensor or something that act actively sends anything. So it's not falling under the telecommunication law. Um, is it medical? Does it, you know, is it something that um, falls under medic medical law? No, it's not. So I ha always had big, big problems of importing um, these things. And I had to go through lengths with custom officers to explain what it is. And one of my biggest um, delivery then was got stopped completely. And they just before they send it back to America, um, I basically intervene, in, intervened, inter, well, I stopped them, I called them, and we, we started to work with here from the government uh, with a guy, I think he was like 62 years old, telling me that his current smartphone says Nokia 62 something. And um, that was a person that I had to deal to get official permission to import and sell implants in that category. And um, it was took three and a half months and we went basically to, through everything. So I know where the glass is coming from with implants. I know um, the sterility tests. I even talked to the guy in the States who did these laser tests. I um, had to write a manual, um, you know, that says um, where not to put these in, that people don't put it in their eyes or wherever. Um, so I was really working hard to get the permission and finally after about three months where I couldn't sell anything, I got the final permission um, by the German government to import um, implants into, into to Germany or into the EU and to sell it there, which I'm probably quite um, proud of, it, I must say. And, um, and I think that's the only thing really to, to work here legally and to not have this whole topic in some sort of dodgy gray zone. And I think that's important um, for the future of the topic, that it's not falling under some dodgy medical or telecommunication law or something because it's so special. 
But no, Digiwell has the European um, import and, and selling um, license basically by the government now, which I'm not sure if anyone else here in Europe has. So um, from your story, you've got a pretty unique situation there of being able to import these. It sounded definitely like a struggle trying to find a set of laws to put this under. What is the reason uh, behind you selling them on Digiwell and people not ordering them from dangerous things in the EU? Um, so I know the answer to it, it is a good expansion onto that as well so people can understand the risks that are being taken and how it's accepted. I mean, Amal is like really focusing on development, right? And I know how he is um, struggling also, not struggling, but focus on the European customers. Um, so he has more time for development. Of course, it's helping me with, with um, sales volumes. And what I, and we shouldn't underestimate that, um, at least I get two, three calls per day where customers can call me literally personally and get me on the phone and ask me about implants. Um, and these questions are like really basic questions, fundamental understanding, and I have to do a lot of development work and explanation of what it is, what you can do with it and stuff like this. So I think um, it, it really helps all of us to have local, um, local specialists who know the market, who know um, the customers and to be able to communicate with them in, in a native language something that Amal could not um, do for himself or the rest of the world, of course, but also um, for other um, biohacking um, goods or products, I can always recommend to work with a, with a local distributor. Um, it, it brings a lot more advantages than you initially might think. Um, so there's a lower situation, it's closer to the customer, it's a marketing side, it's answering questions, it's legal stuff. and um, and that shouldn't be underestimated because these products are, or they need a lot of explanation. It's not like buying a, a milk or something, you know, they, they, yeah, they are not big, but it's buying a complicated rice corn, basically. Uh, so what would you tell someone that is thinking about getting started in biohacking or getting their first implant in your own experience? What does it yeah. take to start? And also uh, with that, do you have any, have you seen any issues with the right to augment and relation of free speech in augmentation within the EU? Oh, these are two very different questions. Let's focus on the first one, please. So, okay. um, yeah, the, the, the common question is um, when it talks about implants or when they see mine or whatever, so what can you do with it? So that's like the 99% question that I always get. And um, yes, they, they expect an answer, a technical answer. Now in the Diggerwell shop, where you go in there and in the, um, in the implant section, I tried to post a lot of videos which are self-explanatory. Um, but of course, then I, I explain there is not one chip. There are different implants, different chips, um, doing different things, different frequencies. And yes, I'm trying to explain technical functionalities. Um, I'm showing my door lock, which is like working here with my hand and stuff like this, and, and, and the typical stuff, basically, um, in, a, in, a, in a language that allows people to understand the advantage. Because one thing I realized for myself, I don't know about you guys, but for me, an implant 
doesn't have any disadvantage. Um, or at least I cannot see any disadvantage to have an implant. It's just adds functionalities to my body. It only has advantages. And I think that needs to be the fundamental, um, the fundamental principle of an implant only to give advantages. Um, the other thing that I personally find more interesting is the social aspect of an implant. Of course, when people ask the question, so what can you do with it? They expect the technical one. But having one, and you know this as well, um, always has some sort of cultural and social aspect with it. You get very quickly into conversation with people. Um, they cannot believe they want to touch you. Um, things like, oh, they want to touch the implant, sorry. Um, so it has also a social um, aspect with it. And you meet people who totally dislike it, talking about yes, if you were the devil per in, in person, or you have people who are fascinated. I very rarely have someone who um, is like, oh, okay, yes, why not? So it's like in between. So, but most people are really fascinated and like it. They might not do it themselves, but um, the, the overall feedback is quite positive, I must say. And that's also something we should not underestimate when it comes to implant as a social aspect. And I think I cannot stress this enough. I've got to jump in there. So the question that I had was, you, when you tell people, a lot of people are intrigued. I've found the exact opposite in the UK. You tell people and they run a mile. Literally, they ask a couple of questions, they don't yeah. want to touch it, and instantly you're, um, you're that weird guy with the tinfoil hat. That's the first thing that people jump to here. So I found that quite interesting, how the UK is just completely different from the rest of Europe, bearing in mind we're still in it for two years. Um, is it the way you, you answer it? Because I, I, I personally experienced you can answer this question. You can talk about your cyborg. You can talk about, you know, yeah, you are like Mr. Superman. Or you can talk about, hey, no, it's just it replaces my normal, ordinary, everyday door key. And that's really handy. And that's, you know, an advantage. And it's just tiny. It doesn't have any disadvantage. And I really love it. And I just can recommend it. This is like the way I like to talk about it. Very simple, not um, talking about the whole cyborg thing, which makes it so like, you know, Dove's Waiter-like or whatever. Um, no, it's really like an everyday usage um, replacement, at least for my door key, for my business card, for fitness gym things. Um, this is how I like to talk about it when I first meet people. And then the most of them, oh yeah, I can see the advantage. And um, they, of course, they are still scared about the pain, but then I talk about that and then um, they are fine. And then usually they ask me then, can I have one? <laughs> I think it's, it's quite strange because uh, myself and Damien live probably, what, 20 minutes away from each other. And yeah. I would have to fundamentally disagree with him. Like, <laughs> from, from like, <laughs> All, all, all like the time that I've, I've told people, like I use it as a tool maybe to educate them about what it can do. Um, so they're like, oh, I hold you. I've heard you've got this. They come over. That's the curiosity. Then you sort of explain the uses, and then um, I, I like to use it as a time saying, yeah, why not? We use you know computers and things every day. Why not become part of that? And then um, I also 
then just educate them about it. And if they then walk away and think it's crazy, that's totally up to them. Um, and, you know, some people just, it, it creates a bit of um, some fun. But a lot of people, as you say, Patrick, have, this, have the same reaction that you described. Yesterday I was um, at, a, at a gas station and they had these um, payment method with, with your card, but also with the NFC sign on it. And I said, is this contactless? And she said, uh, oh, yeah, if you have a special card. And I was like, what about my hand? And she was like, what? <laughs> so we were suddenly in this conversation that I want to pay my by hand. I'm, and, um, and then she, she really didn't get what I was talking about. So I showed her my implant and she was like, oh, this is super crazy. Where do you get that from? And this was just an old, uh, an, a random woman in a petrol station yesterday. So well, the second part of the conversation I had was kind of an American rights perspective, uh, trying to see what it's like on the other side of the pond. Uh, often enough, uh, especially with our current change and uh, leadership here, we, we're, we're very afraid of rights. So do you see any issues with uh, a right to augment and relation of free speech in augmentation within the EU? Um. It's, it, that's, that's a very interesting um, topic that you bring up here. I mean, I, I think we are not speaking about it um, enough. Um, I think we need to think more about a future with implants um, for non-medical reasons. Um, I think that our politicians are not prepared for what is coming there um, and what is possible. Currently, at least in Germany, um, implants, no, let's, let's be specific here. The implants that we are talking about, so the, um, the volunteer little implants, the tags, the RFID things, um, they fall under the category of piercing. So you can, it's up to you to have that. You go to, usually you go to a piercer, you have to sign um, a sort of a, a waiver because the piercer is harming your body so that you cannot um, hold them you know, legally afterwards if there's something happening. Because you are, you are putting something through the skin, which is, of course, not allowed. So the whole concept when we talk about our implants, it's really, at the moment, something of, um, of a piercing. But, and now this is the question mark, where's, where's the borderline? I mean, are we talking in a couple of years about brain implants? Um, are we talking about implants that have an effect on your social behavior? Are we talking about implants in the future that may allow to store very private and very um, sensitive data? Um, what kind of data is this? Um, is there even medical data? Are we talking in the future about implants that are equipped with a little sensor um, tracking some personalized data. I mean, even if you wear a fitness tracker or a smartwatch that records your body and fitness data, um, in Germany at least, I think this is um, private data. So you, you are not allowed or no one is allowed to get that data without your permission. And there's a fine line then between implants at the moment which have a pure medical purpose to bring you up to a normal life again 
or the kind of implants that we are talking about. But what is normal then in the future? I mean, if you cannot be like a social being anymore in 10, 15, 20 years without an implant that gives you this little competitive advantage about others, you're applying for a job and you have an implant that allows you to do calculations faster or whatever. Um, so where, where, where's the, the fine line? And, um, and I've, I've also spoken with some law people and um, apparently it's a black box. So there is no laws. There's hardly any, anyone dealing with, with implants from our perspective here, what we are talking about. And um, so it's a, it's a huge gray zone that no one has really tapped. I, I, I think we have one professor in Germany. Um, she is into um, the legal aspects, but more from medical perspective, but also very much aware of the non-medical implants. Um, if it's allowed to distinguish between these tools, but I think in the future we will see this um this getting more and more blurred i mean when you talk about the xbt implant where it measures body temperature um so it's a medical non-medical i don't know um and i think we need to speak a lot more about that and have also politicians having an implant to see what it is like because otherwise they are just doing laws and discussions without knowing what they're talking about in my opinion. So I think that the whole situation needs to be addressed more, needs to be talked about more. I was, I was actually talk, thinking about doing advertising on TV or radio for implants. So how could, how it's gonna, this look like? So very interesting and the reaction of the, of the people um, listening to that. But um, no, it's, it's something we are just starting on. Indeed, it, it does, and it just uh, helps me with the perspective of cyborg rights around the world. It just makes me curious, indeed, as far as you were talking about the XBT is being kind of a gray area, uh, since it is a body temperature uh, implant and monitoring device. Yeah. And you just can really, like, walk the line, uh, almost seeing it as a medical uh, device because of then it, you almost have to look at it as almost like any other tool. It can it be used at, in tracking stuff that is useful in medicine? I'm sure, but also can it also be used in vanity and fitness by helping uh, someone track their their own core temperature within you know, over extended period of time during workouts, at rest, and uh, what have you. Definitely, but just makes me makes me definitely curious to see what you have uh, as far as an answer for uh, the next question here that um, Damien's about to ask you. I'm going to ask you what implants you currently have, and if you've removed any, which I know the answer to um, because of the flex ordeal. Um, so, is there any other reason that you've removed implants, and which ones are you planning to get, and which ones are you currently using? <laughs> so currently I only have the um, XNT in my body, um, which I'm really using actively every day a couple of times, um, which I love. So for me, it's like really a useful everyday object and I'm totally fine with it. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, 
I used to have the um, a, a different XNT in me, um, which we basically took out then. We were testing on, uh, I was practicing on how to get it into the body and how to take it out. So I was um, working on my own body to, for bringing it in and bringing it out and learning a little bit. Um, I also had the same with the um, Flex NT. So I had, I'm not sure if that's an alpha or was it a beta version of the Flex NT in my body and where we were testing um, how to get it in and out. So I think it was like, was it a year ago or something where I put it in? Um, and it was still a little bit more bulky and, and, and sharp at the edges. We were, um, Amal and I, we were testing on my finger how to um, get it in and out. So I had it in my body for about two seconds, not two minutes, let's be fair, two minutes. Then uh, we took it out again. Um, and from that, we, we gained a lot of um, know-how on what would be the best method um, to take it in and out. Um, so that's what I currently have. I'm waiting for the, um, for the Vivo key. Um, which, because um, I want to have the Vivo also for um, for the public transportation system here, um, and I might look into the DAS fire. But personally, and I think an implant is something really personally. Um, yeah, I don't need to add anything at the moment in my body for the for, for testing how to get things in and out. Um, so the next implant I want to use is something that I can um, use in my daily life as my XNT for every day. So payment, of course, would be phenomenal, and um, and uh, any kind of um, encryption technology. That's that's what I'm looking for. Now you're making me curious. I didn't hear you mention anything about an XEM or an XBT. Was kind of curious if you had ever considered getting those. Um, XBT, I don't have any practical um, usage at the moment for me personally, um, so there's no value add if I if I get one. XEM, like yeah, I'm I'm probably do that if I have more time because I want to do use it as for my car. Um, it's something on my list. I'm looking into it, but it's not even worth I think um, talking about it. No. Um, I know I know some other developers, of course, from for X, uh, for implants, and um, and they they contact me as well. That's that's not a secret. I mean, if you're a, a platform selling implants in Europe, you're going to be approached by others as well. Um, they talk a lot um, about you know what what could be in the future, what they want to come up with, but. Have they have they proven it so far? No. Um, so I don't know. Maybe one day we'll see an implant that's only ten times the size of an XNT, or has some sort of superpower suddenly. I mean, you you never know. Or there's an implant coming up from Apple or from Google. Um, we don't know. And um, so I think that's really interesting. And we we simply don't know where this is all heading to, but I'm open to um, any kind of implants to test them to see in my everyday um, life. That's what I meant. Quite interesting when you said um, from Apple or Google, there was a bit of a shiver that went down my spine, which I cannot describe why. Like, you know, it'd be a massive advancement for, for our community. So it's kind of, I'm going to have that split mind of, yeah, it's great. 
but make sure it's done right, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm just giving this example that we all know Amal is not the only one developing um, implants. I mean, that's a fact, and we all know this. Um, and I would not be surprised. I mean, we have, we've just done, um, no, in, in, in Sweden, they just, I think, they upgraded the whole development department of Microsoft, 120 people or something. I hope I'm not talking stupid uh, bullshit right now. Um, I think they just did it. I mean, if Microsoft, suddenly the developers there in Sweden suddenly like this, um, they could run their own development project, couldn't they? Um, I'm not sure if they can do it right, or but it, it, it could happen, yeah. I think, um, especially with the, the size of the R&D departments and the power yeah. that, that yeah. these companies have, it, it, it can only be a good thing. But again, it's that responsibility that currently only lies with us and with the community to push forward. You know, things like data management and that sort of thing. But of course, you know. I, I, and yeah, and we know it's very unlikely. But when you look at the patterns that Google comes up with to put um, technology into your eye, basically, um, I mean, they could come up with 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 any kind of crazy stuff, um, or or from the military um, things. Maybe we haven't even heard about. Um, who knows? Um, I don't know. So um, I do have two questions, sort of. Maybe a lot uh, could be answered in the business sense or maybe just in a personal sense. Um, I know obviously you, uh, on the uh, website, you sell things like NFC locks and that sort of thing. Um, are you working on any projects at the moment in incorporating with the implants or just general biohacking scene? Um, and also the other, the other question I have for you as well is obviously you sell these, these products directly. So um, how do you ensure the safety of your products, whether it's um, re reliability with uh, AMOL or, um, you know, in-depth conversations or obviously how, how do you take that responsibility on board? Um, my, to answer your first question with the project, um, it's probably, my answer is a little bit different than you expect. Um, my next project that I have on my list here is called CBIT, CBIT 2017. So they have invited us again um, to run a booth um, in Hanover in March, in the third week of March in Hanover in Germany. And that's a fair with about 230,000 visitors. Um, last year when we were there, um, <laughs> it was funny. Each year, CBIT um, announces the so-called CBIT highlights. And usually there are companies, or last year there were companies like Tesla and Deutsche Telekom and IBM and like these super, you know, companies and DigiWell. And so it, I had to go there on a Sunday before even the CBIT fair opens um, and give interview tours for 60, 70 journalists around the world. I was giving interviews on implants to Al Jazeera, to US, um, to, to morning TV stations around the world. It was crazy. We were the only, we were the only um, news um, film or news flash basically in the main German public news. Um, so they were, did not talk about the big guys, they were talking about us, they were talking about implants. And they invited us again for 2017, and of course, um, you don't want to repeat what you've already done there. Um, so now the big question for me is, how can we even top 2016 next year with a fundamental um, blown, blown away concept that makes people really 
um, think when they visit our booth. And um, we, we are going to have a very um, exposed booth, very big, um, so you cannot miss us, basically. And of course, we're going to do implantations there um, live, but of course, we will not do any flex um, or vivo key implantations um, because that's something you, you cannot do on an, an affair. You need to have a clean, um, calm environment. I mean, I'm I'm liking machine now implanting, and this is so, so the second point what you're saying. So when I do that the implantation myself to people, I can ensure that everything I'm doing is is correct and fine. Um, and um, this is how I how, how I protect it. Sometimes I'm uh, joining people, putting it in via Skype, even to professional piercer. Um, or at least I show them the training videos with them and, and comment on that. And I've even, yeah, I'm advising also a lot of professional piercers how to do it correctly. I mean, it's not rocket science, but if you've never done it, you can easily do um, lots of um, errors and, and mistakes while putting it in. And I also have this the sheet where, you know, lots of tips how to do or what to do afterwards, what not to do afterwards, how to, what the best healing process. I always recommend my customers to get into our Facebook group, um, RFID Implantees, because I think that's the best platform really you can have um, with your questions, um, because there are people from all over the world and you, you just introduce yourself, you have some normal questions and you get so many great answers from so many um, interesting people around the world, and I think it's a fascinating community we have there on Facebook. And um, yeah, so um, and then if they have questions, of course, I'm always here to deal with them personally. Um, this is how I um, do it. So my biggest project is Sebe 2017, and um, yeah, I'm getting really involved with the final customers. So I just want to take us back a little bit to the Google and Apple implants. I just want to see everyone's take. So <laughs> I had the exact same thing as Cursor. As soon as that happened, I was thinking, I'll notice it If this happens, it's just going to be mass riots sort of things. Would you guys consider getting one of them if Google or Apple made them? Personally, I wouldn't get one made by Apple just out of principle. I don't like Apple. If Google made one that was completely code-free, every sector unlocked, I could see Everything on there, I may consider it if I knew every function and I could buy two to take one apart so I know there's no secret motive. Come on, it's Google. I mean, they uh, activated the mics and on most devices for a while, I believe. They also started bricking their own devices to make you buy new ones. I think, uh, personally, uh, I'm going to come up with a random one and you guys are going to yawn again because it's my, my thing that I always come up with. There is an implant that all of the sectors are locked, I'm more likely to want it. And my justification for that is because I'm all about the security. <laughs> and to be honest, if it, is un if it is locked, that is almost a challenge. And why is it all locked? Maybe there is something we should be looking at. It's more of a reason to look at it, I think. But either way, definitely. With that, there's more reason not to get it because if the sectors are locked, if you find something and it's in your body, it's too late. At least if you get it unlocked, you can read everything that's there. You can work out what it's doing and then go, do you know what? I don't like that. I'm going to rip this out and stop it doing this. Sometimes you need um, 
veterans to uh, to fight the cause, you know? <laughs> I don't mind taking the bullet for the community. Um, my take on that would be I would get it, whether it's locked or unlocked, but I wouldn't put it in my body until I've played with it a bit. Because you know, especially if it's unlocked, yeah, I'd read it, but I wouldn't put it in my body yet. If it's locked, then I'd break in and I would do some forensics and see what's going on and why. Well, try and see what they're trying to hide. And, you know, it even makes me further think of think ahead as far as the Vivo key coming. It's making me learn more about Java and wanting to look and really test the encryption that's involved in that device. That, furthermore before, you know, just having it in your body is one thing, actually using it for payments and attaching it to your life is a whole nother thing. So yeah, yeah especially like Google, Apple, their, their products are attached to our life and very invasive towards that. And from a very open source standpoint kind of guy, it makes me very concerned at times. So I don't know. What do you think, Patrick? Are you are you if you had one of the big twos or big three include Microsoft in your thought? If you, you would want Big Brother looking out uh, through your body, truthfully. Good. good I mean, we we, we we all would be happy if if Apple even would open their NFC part on the phone. I mean, that would be a breakthrough for for a start. Um, coming with them, I think it really depends. Um, if there are um, passive um, tags that um, are like tiny that you can easily remove and, and stuff like that, um, yeah, I'll probably give it a try to see what it is, to see what it does, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we, we trust these companies, right? Um, if it's something I would put in my eye or in other parts in my body, which are um, deeper there or even you know, going through towards the brain or in my head, of course, I would be far more skeptical. Um, I think just lifting a little bit of skin and putting something underneath that's not measuring or not generating data um, in, in, in a sense like a tracker. Um, I, yeah, I could, I could imagine. But everything that's going deeper, um, wow. I mean, that would be a breakthrough. And um, I mean... Wow. I, ca I cannot imagine that we are going to see that in the next 10, 15 years. But what I believe in is that in the next 10 years, we're definitely going to see technology that is a thousand times more powerful than we have today. And it's shrinking in size. And why not? I mean, we're talking about implants and have always the ones in that little glass tube in front of us. But what about our teeth? I mean, if you have an artificial tooth, um, there's plenty of space in it to add some functionality. Why not having a tooth that warns you if you um, if you have to acid? Is it called acid in your mouth, or that you need to um, do something, or that some diseases are coming up, or something like that? I could imagine something like that. Yeah, I think it really really depends. But personally, I'm very curious and open to it. Let's put it like this. I'm. I tend to trust corporations maybe a little bit more. I'm not like a security guy like you, Cursor, but um, it's definitely fascinating. In your own experience, your grind, um, including DigiWorld as a company, what do you feel to be your single best moment of achievement? 
when my sons were born. <laughs> that were my two best moments in my life. Well, the, the second one I hardly noticed because I was so ill, um, but it, it just tops everything, to be honest. Was that the answer you wanted to hear? <laughs> Isn't becoming a parent the perfect biohack? <laughs> it's definitely, actually, that, that is a good point. Um, it's actually a biohack that completely transforms your life. It's not only changing it, it's completely transforming your life. And it is something, you know, when you look at the typical biohacking things where you should be more grateful, where you should have your morning routines and all these behavior or where you go into fitness and all that, if you have kids, just everything changes. You are not a, you are not your own um, commander anymore, basically. And it sounds terrible, but it's great. And you you do things you would have never done before. Um, but speaking of that, I mean, my son is seeing, and he's two years old. He's seeing every day how his daddy open the door, for instance, with his hand. And guess what? He's mimicking and imitating the movement to open the door already. So if he's now two years old, just imagine when he's 18, 19, coming out of school or university or whatever, how our world is going to look like with implants and microchips that are about 2,000, 3,000 times more powerful than today. So in my prediction is that in these times, we talk about implants that give you as a person a real competitive advantage. And then biohacking in terms of upgrading your body is not something you can afford not to do, I think. That's my prediction of the future. It's interesting you say that. And I think I so hope I get this right. I think it was Tim Cannon this week put a picture up on his Facebook of um, his, of, you know, his own products in his crying. And he was sort of saying how kids of the future hopefully won't know a world without cyborgs in it. And it's like the same sort of thing that you, you've come across like in just the yeah. idea that they're seeing what is possible. And hopefully that leads to the open-mindedness that we don't currently have. Yeah. I mean, I see videos where mom and dad are putting earrings into their eight, seven month old daughter. The kid can hardly hold their head. They are screaming for me. I, I can hardly, you know, watch this. I think it's like, wow, um, I would never do this to my, my kids. I would never put something in their body that makes them, you know, hurting them or something. But I see my, my kid, how he's imitating me opening doors. They are, they are growing up with, with parents, basically, who are cyborgs. I mean, my, my wife, she also has an implant. And um, and then. Yeah, for them, it's normal. Um, and, and so this means what is normal in our life. And um, actually, there's another good example. I just got a call a couple of months ago um, from a very young person. And then she said, so you're selling implants and, and are you putting them in? I said, yes, yes. And, and then I said, how old are you? She said, I'm turning 15. Could you put it in? I said, well... That's very early, um, only when your parents are with you. Yeah, I, I would not even accept a piece of paper. I would only do this when the parents are with her. And, um, and she said, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. But would you, could you do it maybe in my foot? And I said, foot? So I was like, oh, that sounds weird. So why would anyone have a, 
implanted in their foot. And I was like skeptical. I was, you can really hear me frowning through the telephone. And then sort of towards the end of the conversation, it turned out she has no arms. And for me, it was like, I was almost in tears when I heard that because in my mindset, I was so stubborn or prejudiced before and that I was like, you know, how, that strange person go away, blah, blah, blah. But when you hear this, and she said, it's difficult to fiddle with your foot and a key to open your, your front door. And I was like, yeah, it's so logical to put an implant in your foot to make your life easier. It was mind blowing for me. So it, it really opened my mind not to judge or be prejudiced. Is that the right word? To people's ideas, why they want to use implants and want to, what they want to do with this. Another friend of mine, he's blind. He has that. He said it's perfect. Um, he has also digital lock. Um, only that using it as a door key is life changing when you really need that um, to make your life easier. And I'm so glad I could be there and help them and, and do that for them. And, um, and that girl basically could to come back to that. She said um, she wants to um, visit us then at the Seabit Fair in Hanover next year. So I might put in one in a, in a, in a foot, yeah. And, and for me, really, this was, we should not be so stubborn. We should not judge other people. There might always be a good reason for, for doing that. Have you guys heard about where people put their implants in maybe sort of firstly thinking strange places? Well, there's been a couple that I've heard of. Um, there was one who put a Flex NT in his neck. Uh, he put it behind the barcode tattoo simply because he wanted the barcode tattoo to do something. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah that um, was a con. The, uh, the Flex NT was put behind a barcode tattoo on the base of the head, back of the, uh, on the back of the neck. Uh, really cool great. guy, too. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, it was someone from the UK, I think. Was it, they're going to put a Vivo key in their head um, simply because it can hold 8K of data. They're going to put an audio file on it and then they can say they've literally got other people's voices in their head because he's going to upload an audio file to it. So that's another strange one that I've heard that's completely different. But it's more, these are examples are more out of, um, what's the word, fun? Um, but having... Necessity like, put in it in a different location. Yeah, but... Um, I was I was discussing the other day putting an XNT into a penis, and um, I said, "Well, I would not touch that. I would not do that." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would I would basically put it everywhere people want me to, but a penis I would, don't want to touch it. But that's a different story. And then the um, the piercer woman I was talking, she said, "Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> I would do it right away. It makes sense and it's cool. And when you have your business card on your implant, you know." <laughs> You just swing your thing and, you know, trans why not? <laughs> that would make for a really awkward meeting. So, can I have your business card? <laughs> <laughs> just open it. Can you imagine the, the pictures on Facebook? <laughs> so, speaking of penises, um, I wondered if you had ever heard of doing other implants, not just the bioglass capsules, but like magnets as well. And... I have heard from other grinders through, you know, Biohack Me uh, forum that 
Some people have taken magnets and implanted them in their penis and had uh, interesting sensations after having a laptop on their lap. Yeah. I mean, I had an explant. I had a magnetic explant. Um, So it basically was little um, magnet glued to my fingernails. Um, It lasted for about two, three weeks. I cannot remember correctly, which sort of gave me a little bit of the feeling that I had or that I would have if I had that in my inside my body, inside my fingers. Um, it was fascinating um, to, to experience where all these magnetic objects are in, in the house. And it was funny when I turned the microwave on. Um, basically, what, what I'm looking or I'm waiting for is um, the dangerous things um, magnets that are hopefully coming next year. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to do that. Open to this. I think um, using the magnets and the conversation previous to the uh, the genitals, I can't even speak now. <laughs> you guys have like killed me. Uh, those, those, those things. Um, <laughs> um, I think the best one we probably heard was uh, Rich Lee. Um, he had two magnets implanted in his tragus. Um, yeah. You guys will correct me if I'm wrong. And it was, it was for um, echolocation. Um, Cause uh, so he's is it legally blind. Um, so he wanted a way that he could um, use echolocation without bothering anyone else. And this, this is what led him to, to implant them into the train. That's something that, again, is the same uh, category as helping people through the technology we already have. Didn't Richley also have implanted body armour? I think that one's fantastic. The uses are tremendous. Oh, I can I can give you a story on that one. Um, do you know Kevlar? The the stuff um, the vests are made of. The bulletproof vest, yeah. Yeah. Um, just imagine you take the material, the mesh, basically, and you implant that around your neck, um, so that you cannot be strangled or or um, um, stabbed with a knife. Yeah. Um, so this crazy idea, I discussed that the other day when I was doing a, a flea market and my neighbor, um, he had tattoos and I was like, you know, getting into the conversation of implants and then piercings and all this. And he said, oh, I would do this right away. And I said, oh, wow, you know, you were the first one. You would implant the Kevlar mesh into your neck. He says, yes. So why is that? And he went, um, you know, I'm working um, as, a, as a British bouncer in a nightclub, yeah, security in the door at the Hamburg Reaper Barn. And he said there's every night there's some problems with knives. And um, he said, so he would be open to that. I said, yes, there's always demand for the most bizarre things. It, ha- it is a good reason. But another question from my side, would you guys get a firefly implant? You know, this little radioactive one with tritium gas in it that um, glows for 12 years? Would you do that? I personally wouldn't do that because all it takes is for one tiny bit of radiation to seep out and hit the wrong yeah. molecule. That's it. That's a, a world and life-changing moment for you right there. I don't think it's worth it, to be honest. 
I'd have to do some more research on it myself. I've been curious about it because he talks about in the description of the product, the guy from CyberEyes.me, who was actually a guest coming up, um, very curious about how much shielding is in there, to be honest. Um, there, because, you know, since it's tritium, it's a radioactive and, you know, going into the body, it makes me want to test to see how much radiation comes out of that um, small um, small stick compared to one that supposedly doesn't have multiple layers of um, multiple layers of protection inside the capsule to then uh, his product which supposedly has an extra layer of protection to help prevent some of the radiation from coming through into the body so yeah when we're talking something as life-changing as that to, you know, use Damien's words, I definitely would want to do more homework and be a little bit more scientific about it before placing that in my body, indeed. Um, for me, personally, um, I'm not educated in this subject, so I wouldn't say no, and I wouldn't say yes, but personally, where, where I'm at the moment, um, I know that it uses a certain type of radiation that is not harmful outside the body. It can't penetrate the skin. Um, but the idea of the, the outcome of it, I'd love to do. It'd be an awesome thing to have. Um, the risks, I would like to get someone that knows what they're talking about and ask them. Um, and I'm open to anyone that is listening to this. If they do have any ideas of whether we're just talking, you know, like being a tinfoil hat, or if it is a case of this just shouldn't definitely not be done to, to, to let us know, because it is something that, as I say, the end goal is great. Like, why not? You know, it's that extra step forward of I've got an implant to you can see it. Also makes me wonder, what do you think, Patrick? What, is that something that you're curious about? And if you did get a Firefly implant, how creative in placement would you be? I've uh, seen on forums where people have talked about putting it, you know, in their cheek, in their forehead, kind of like the type of decoration on the body. It makes me very curious uh, if you were. Let's take the science out of it. Just talk about placement. If you would do it, where would you put it and why? Good question. I probably would tend not to have it um, because I don't feel comfortable to have substance in my body and even if it's glass. I don't know, guys, if you have seen tags, glass tags um, that got broken. I have. Um, and um, not inside a body, but outside. It just slipped out on my hand, fell on the ground, and was, was broken. Um, so it's still glass. And um, I know how, how a tag breaks inside a body. But with that, I'm not sure. I, it, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I probably would say no. Um, and it doesn't offer me the functionality that I would like to have from an implant um, which I'm looking for at the moment um, so just to have it glowing for me it's if I would have tattoos and all that maybe to make them glow to have that as an eye or something that would be awesome but um, I don't have that and um, no it for me personally it would not something I would consider so you we just got through talking about implantable body armor um, talking about Kevlar but it makes me curious if you've read anything about what Jeffrey Tibbetts uh, and Rich Lee have been looking at and 
Richley actually had a couple prototypes in his shins, which is a kind of a uh, fluid gel. It, when it's out of the body, it's a tube and it looks like a noodle, but supposedly when it receives a physical um, interaction, it becomes as hard as stone. And other people have had it in their hands and totally have been able to take a, a blast from a baseball bat. And other than a little bit of bruising, there's no true damage because of this implantable body armor. So it kind of piggybacks on the on the Kevlar and just sounds freaking awesome, especially if you're in, you know, protection or, you know, some sort of uh, field like uh, your your buddy that you met at the flea market was talking about. It, it, it sounds really fascinating. Um, I, I, I definitely want to know more about it. Is, is there um, a podcast coming up on this one? Uh, we have uh, past episodes uh, with Rich Lee in which he talked about his own, um, his own implants and the one that he removed, as well as the struggles um, that have come from it as well. Him sharing personally about being a dad and his own grind. Yeah, that one, yeah. Ex. And so he's on Facebook too. And uh, easily able to reach. I would suggest definitely reaching out to him and finding more about it, as well as uh, Jeffrey Tibbetts. They're both very um, knowledgeable and open to discussion. I think um, what's interesting is, and what I've found so far, and I guess not everyone falls into these two categories, but there's those that like, um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of people that like the sort of cyborg area, but don't want it to be visible which is what implants gives you. So you can walk down the street, no one would know, you know, what you have, what, you know, that you have any modification. And then there's the other people that would go for deliberate things like the LEDs implanted, whether it's something, you know, from Grindhouse Sweatwear or as you say, the Firefly. And it's a total vis visual object. And it seems that a lot of people fall into those two categories. And then I guess you have the middle, the middle where people like to show everything. So. Uh, I guess that's that's one thing that a lot of the stuff from uh, Dangerous Things you wouldn't see, whether it's magnets, implants. It's a, it's a different um, it's a different approach, um, and um, some you can see, others you cannot see. Um, others have like cosmetic functions, let's call it like this. Others have technical functions. Ever others have even medical functions. Um, so that's what I meant at the beginning. Um, we're going to see that this border is, is going to be blurred more and more in the future. And um, so basically, I think we, we're heading towards a time where this um, differentiation doesn't make sense anymore. You might have everything in one implant. So Patrick, with your XNT implant that you mentioned earlier, um, what's the biggest impact you want to make? Um, um, what I'll do is include... Um, future implants you plan to get with this having only the XNT. So what do you plan to make um, that's going to make an impact and what is your aim and almost what you want to be remembered for? So in a hundred years time, people look back, they go, oh, how did all this cyborg stuff start? What would you want to be associated with the name Dr. Patrick Kramer? Oh boy, hundred years. Um, I probably already like especially in Germany, um, famous for bringing biohacking to 
the tech world in terms of IT fairs, um, transformation fairs, digital transformation fairs. Um, so they, we, what we did at Seabird um, was, wasn't, wasn't or was completely new. And it definitely shows the fine line between technology and biology, which I think is, is all what is biohacking about, to use the best of both worlds and your own DIY approach and to upgrade your life and your body. Um, and yeah, I, I showed and tested that, um, that it works even in the, in the format of a professional IT um, fair. And uh, hopefully then next year we can even drive this forward and um, put something on top. I think that's really something I'm, I'm working on. And, and further one, I really hope to um, develop DigiWell further to become the platform to do events and speeches that we can do upgrade parties and that it's getting um, mainstream um, that we have implants um, to make our lives easier, to um, give our minds the freedom not to think about certain things that we can have in, in our bodies and, and that we have more time to what matters even more to us, to family or to social life. Um, and I don't want to worry about keys and, and money and, and maybe my smartphone anymore. If there are implants that I can always carry it with me, um, that will be fantastic. So this is what I'm looking for. This is what I try to contribute. And, um, and if we can test even more, you know, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, that's, that's basically what, what I want. And of course, to make biohacking more popular and to also to have a financial success with it, of course, what I'm doing. How are people able to keep up to date with your work, your projects, um, other products that you have coming up and becoming available? Actually, that's a, that's a tough question for me because um, I'm, I'm so busy with, with dealing directly with my customers on the phone and, and sending stuff out that I have very limited time to do the obvious, the marketing. No, I, at the moment, I'm posting a lot in the DigiWell um, channel in, in Facebook. Um, there's also a German... RFID, NFC, um, and plants uh, channel and Facebook. Um, besides that, I'm not doing at the moment a lot in terms of marketing. It all has to change now in terms of preparation for the CBIT fair. So if you, if any of your listeners want to get in touch with me, um, I think it's, it's very easy to do that via the Facebook channel or directly then through digivel.com. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's at the moment my my main um, channel. I also have a YouTube channel um, where you can see some videos. There's also the video where I show how to take out an implant. I think that's quite unique. There's not a lot out there. Um, where I got a lot of comments, um, people asking me how I knew about my implant and how I took it off because they were kidnapped and they had a lot of implants in their body without their permission and stuff like that, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, and on Twitter, of course, uh, I have a Twitter channel. But as I said, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's really my fault, and I need to concentrate a little bit more on that, hopefully in the future. But at the moment, I'm so super busy, um, and um, 
yeah let's let's see how to how this goes and how we can grow this well, and as we've found that looks like the links to that if you want to see more is go to facebook.com forward slash digiwell and that's spelled d-i-g-i-w-e-l-l there's also youtube.com forward slash user forward slash digiwell tv Go to it, subscribe, check out the videos as well. The link for his Twitter is twitter.com forward slash DigiWellDE. On that note, uh, special thanks to Dr. Patrick Kramer of DigiWell for taking the time to us to talk today. If, if you want to learn more about this journey we take weekly, check out DangerousMinds.io. All of us want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us as we explore further the tech and people behind it within this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, and plantable technology today. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments. You're welcome to find us at DangerousThings.io, our homepage, or go to Facebook.com slash Dangerous Minds Podcast. Perhaps we might one day talk to you about the work and or projects you're exploring and developing. Until next week, seek the spark. Scientific progression is steamrolling, there's no preventing it going ahead. Now we're intrinsically linked with technology, biology as we know it is dead. <laughs>